Ladies and germs, it's your boy Christian Hanahara. By the way, Sean, I'm from Louisiana, so there will be moments where my accent, you're going to be like, what the hell is wrong with this water boy kid over here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Christian Hanahara, uh, we got Nick here, and I'm so happy to have Sean. You listen to the You Need a Hara podcast. Uh, Sean, man, thank you for being here. How are you doing, dude? Um, I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing okay. I've, I've had a long day. Uh, had to go to the dentist, had a, had to get a crown replaced. And so they did some drilling in there. So this was hurting for a while, but, um, I'm all right. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all I needed. Thank you guys. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sean, Remember like, to I, really brush your teeth. Know, I really don't even know where to start. Like there's so many things I would love to talk to you about. And I know Nick's going to hop in with basically asking whatever he wants to, but there's something I want. I, 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 I have a big interest in. It was the, uh, the night she came, minus you know, that eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's cool, uh, dude. the The whole thing when when Jamie did that big convention, I thought that mm. was so cool. From the mm. outside looking in, I'm thinking to myself, that seems like uh, you know a phone call to get Jamie Lee to do that. And I've loved the documentary that you did that we had on that Blu-ray. How hard was that? How many attempts? I'm sure that that clearly could not have been the first attempt to get Jamie. I'm I'm assuming she had been poked and prodded for years. How hard was that to come together? That whole convention. Um. Well, I had attempted to get her to do a convention before. Um went and spoke to her in person at one of her book signings. She then passed me off to her assistant who then gave me her number and proceeded to give me the runaround forever and never got anywhere. Um, and Jamie's the type of person that I don't think she could be pushed into doing anything. It really needs to be on her terms and her own idea. And, the funny thing, I, I don't know if you know the story about how it happened, um, but I'll tell it for those who haven't. Basically, my phone rings one day out of the blue. I answer it, and I remember like it was yesterday. This voice goes, Sean, and I said, yes, Jamie Lee Curtis. And immediately, I recognized the voice. I knew it was her. You know, nobody was pranking me. It was her. So... I'm like, wow, yeah, hey, what can I do for you? And so she then proceeds to tell me that she is doing a thing for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles where she's getting all these Myers masks autographed by everybody from the first film. And she said, I'm not in touch with any of these people. I maybe have contacts for one or two. And every time I call one of them, I ask them, do you know how to get a hold of the other people or so-and-so? And everybody keeps telling me the same thing. You need to talk to Sean Clark. And she goes, after like the third or fourth person told me this, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to call this guy. So she said, that's why I'm calling you. And I said, okay, yeah, absolutely. I can definitely help you with that. No problem. You know, I book almost all of them for conventions and stuff like that. And we start talking and she said, you know, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of the, you know, I said, I think that's great. You know, and she goes, well, let me ask you a question. She goes, do you think it would, where do you think I would make the most money with these masks? Do you think 
I should try to uh, auction them off at one of these conventions you're talking about? And I said, you know what, Jamie, as much as I'd love to tell you, yes, that's what I think you should do. The honest truth is you'd make more money doing an online auction like an eBay or something like that, where at the convention, you only have maybe the few thousand people that are there that'll bid on it, where if it's on eBay, you have the whole world could bid on it. And I think she really liked my honesty. And she said, wow, I really appreciate, you know, how honest you are about that. And she goes, well, you know what? Tell me about these conventions. And that just opened the door. And I told her. And she said, well, how much do you think we could make if we did one of these things? And I threw out a rough number. And she just goes, let's do it. And uh, so then it was a matter of figuring out when and where based on her schedule. She had various little windows of time that we could do it in these pockets. And I said, well, look, you know, Jamie, this is, puts me in a in a kind of a bad position because basically every promoter I know that I work with is going to want to be the show that wants to have you. And if I put you in this show, those shows are going to be pissed at me. This show, those shows are going to be pissed at me. I, I, it's a no-win situation for me. Mm-hmm. I said, so what I'll do, I'm going to I'm gonna take and we discussed this between us. We came up with the decision of you pick like the, the five best shows and you tell them to give, give us their best pitch and I'll pick one of, from that. And I chose Chiller Theater, Monster Mania, Texas Frightmare, Horror Hound. And I think there, there might have been one more. I don't remember at the time. If, it, if, if Maybe Spooky Empire, too, I think. I'm pretty, yeah, I think Spooky was part of it as well, although I wouldn't include them today. Whole other story. But um, so... I tell them to make a pitch and Kevin at chiller passed. He said, ah, I'm just, I don't want to get into a whole, he was, he's old school. He's like, ah, I'm not going to get any, someone else can have her. I'm like, okay. And the one thing that horror hound did that nobody else did. And it sealed the deal. When she read this, she's all them. That's the show is Nathan from Horror Hound said uh, he was going to give um, 50% of all profits made for, at the convention also to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And so nobody else offered that. They were just offering first-class flights, this, this, all this stuff. And, in fact, she didn't even take that stuff. She didn't want the convention to pay for anything. She flew herself in, um, put herself up, uh, I, they may, maybe they did pay for the hotel and the car service, but she, she flew herself in. I remember that. Um, but you know, we gave a hundred percent of the profits to the children's hospital, Los Angeles, including my 10%, which ended up being about almost 19 grand. Um, cause we made, it was 180 something thousand dollars, uh, that we gave it all the children's hospital, Los Angeles. So wow, anyway, wow. So that's that's how it happened. It was just a out of the 
blue phone call from her. That's 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 wild, man. Wild. Let me ask yeah. you this, Sean. Um, um, was that the craziest couple of days of your life? Yeah, you know what really made it crazy is um, there were other individuals that when they found out it was happening, did everything in their power to try to fuck it up. And um, I'm not going to name them, you know, what show it was, what promoter it was. But there was another promoter that vindictively, not somebody I work with, mind you. It wasn't somebody who was mad at me that I didn't give them the opportunity. It was somebody I already had beef with. When he found out, he then actively did everything he could to try to ruin it. Um. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into all the specifics of what he did, but it was, if I told you, you'd be like, whoa. I mean, it got to the point where she got so mad, she almost canceled because of something that happened. Yeah. And in terms of conventions, obviously you've been a part of God knows how many, probably so many you lost count. Was that the most people you've ever seen to meet an actor or actress at a convention before? No. Who was? Close or? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I've, uh, Norman Reedus has had bigger lines than her. I mean, I, I remember one time we were at a, uh, one convention, people waited 13 hours to meet him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> In the snow, too. I mean, it was crazy. I've seen some crazy shit working with Norman. Um, but also, they did cut off sales at a particular time for her. You know, like we knew she could only do X amount in a day. Um, when the, when the Norman thing happened that I'm talking about, that was early when walking dead exploded and he was the hottest thing on the planet. And I didn't yet know how to handle that. I was still figuring out, you know, this is before I figured, Oh wait, we had, we need to only, allow X amount of people in line because we can't physically get through all those people. But the trooper he was, he stayed and signed for everybody. He didn't fuck anybody. He didn't walk away. He signed for everybody. So did Jamie, you know, by the way, because they actually oversold her quite a bit as well. Um, there was a mix up. It's a kind of a long story, but um, we were supposed to be done by, I think 7 PM on Saturday and take an hour dinner break and do the Q&A at 8 o'clock. And she ended up signing till 10 and then went right into the Q&A, didn't take a break. Um, and she was, I was apologetic, like, I'm so sorry, this blah, blah. And she's like, Sean, we're here to do this. We're going to do this. You know, I'm like, oh, great, great attitude, you know. Yeah, so really quick, I was wondering, at obviously, since she has stepped back into the series with 2018 kills and ends, do you believe her when she says I'm doing that one and that's it? I'm not doing another convention. Do you think maybe there is a chance that she would ever come back and do one, especially having done three more films? Yes. In fact, she, she was going to do one before the COVID hit. It was, it was in the, it was in the works. It was, it was, it was in, it was in the works. To, to do Horror Hound September 2020. Um, 
and uh, it hadn't been announced. Um, her and I had been talking about it, and um, COVID fucked that up. And do I think she'll do one? You know, it, COVID is going to have to probably be totally gone and not an issue before right. she'll do it again. I mean, I did talk to her two months ago, I think about it. We just texted and she, she basically said, you know, let's touch base early next year and, and, you know, we'll see, you know, she wanted to do something to coincide with the release of kills, but now maybe she'd be willing to do something to coincide with the release of ends. Well, you know, I'm by no means, this is me saying she's coming back. It was in the works. It was looking good. No contracts were signed. COVID hit and just squashed it. You know? All right, Christian. So, uh, Make sure you got some money put aside for when that gets announced, because uh, we gotta we gotta head over there. <laughs> yeah, look, no, look, uh, one more question about Jamie Shikon, then we'll talk about you. I don't want to talk about Jamie the whole time, but I mean, it's hard. How, who else am I going to talk to to ask these questions? You know what I mean? But seriously, like, look in the world of Halloween fandom, you always got a lot of people that are like, "Oh, she doesn't like, she doesn't care about horror fans. She doesn't care about horror. She thinks it's stupid. She don't like it." Blah blah blah. Like, but the thing about that is, like, the person that I saw in that documentary looked like the one of the sweetest women on the planet. Is that a gimmick? Is that that's really who she is, right? She's just really a nice woman. Yeah, no, she's she's a professional. I mean, she's when she commits to something, she's gonna commit to it. You know, she she's there to meet the Halloween fans. She's gonna give them one hundred and ten percent. You know, um, she's very proud of you know, what she's done in, in the horror franchise. I think there was just a point in her career before H2O where she was trying to be taken seriously as an actress and move on to more acting things. But the horror thing just kept like, everybody was just Halloween, Halloween all the time. That I think she kind of just got a little like, fuck man, let me, can I move on? You know? But then once she came back to it, she embraced it. You know, it took, you know, it happens a lot of times with, with everybody in the business. I mean, you, you know, you watch documentaries all the time about musicians that are saying, you know, I was an asshole back then. And then, you know, I grew up a little bit and I realized the oh, wait a second, you know, you're, you, you eventually come around and realize that your roots, you know, where you came from. And, you know, and she kind of experienced that through her mother too, as well, you know, being famous for psycho, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not an act. I mean, she's, she loves the fans, but at the same time, everybody has a bad day. You catch people on the street when they don't want to be a celebrity and they just want to have a regular, day Mm -hmm. and you know you're always going to get negative i'm I'm, i've i've heard people say i was a dick to them you know and i'm i sorry if i was i didn't intend to i mean you may have caught me at a bad moment when i'm working at a convention i'm under a lot of stress i got a lot of things going on i got tons of people in my ear all the time the promoter 
the girls that work for me, the, the guests that are my clients, you know, I'm being pulled in all these different directions. If somebody comes up to go, Hey dude, you know, can I get a pick with you? Hold on just one second. And I, cause I have to handle something at that moment. And maybe I forgot about that person. It's like, dude, you just walked away. What a fucking jerk. You know? Yeah. I, it could happen. I don't know if I've ever done that. I'm just making an, you know, making up a story, but I'm just saying that kind of shit can happen depending on what kind of pressure I'm under at that moment, you know? Yeah. So anyway. All right, Sean, that, that is a great segue. Okay. Um, what I wanted to t- ask you about next is you, like, obviously you're in the, you're so big into the convention world. You represent all these actors. What is the day in the life of, a promoter like you, like what, what do you have to do in a day at a convention? Like you said, cause to me from the outside looking in to the average person, Oh, Sean Clark, he's just got it made. He gets to do these conventions and he's got all these people. I'm not saying people are all saying this, but you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't see the hard work. You don't see the <laughs> phone calls. You don't see the hours. We just see Sean Clark's doing all this cool stuff that we're all so envious of. He's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. What is the real day in the life like in, in okay. that kind of situation? Should we do today? Let's do what happened today. Let's please. Yes. Okay. This is, this is during uh, a and, post and slightly post pandemic too. Right. So and I'm I'd going, like I'm know, doing like, this. Yeah. I'm, I'm going off of my call log just because this will remind me of what I did today after I get to, went to the dentist. Um, let's see. I talked to Eben, the promoter from Mad Monster Party. We talked business. Then Ken Daniels from Fright Night Film Festival called me. We we talked to business. Then Scott Ian from Anthrax FaceTimed me, and we talked about some upcoming appearances. Then cool. Christine, Christine from Connecticut Horror Fest called me, and we talked business. Uh, let's see. Then Jason Lively, Night of the Creeps, uh, he called me because he let me know he's in town. We're having lunch tomorrow. Um, then another promoter slash autograph dealer, uh, contacted me about a private signing with one of my clients and a convention he's putting on California next year. Then I talked to JR from Zobi about some private signings that are coming up. Then I got a surprise FaceTime video from Richard Brake, uh, and Jeff Daniel Phillips. Um, and they just kind of surprised me and said, hi. Uh, then I spoke to Marisol Ramirez, who's, uh, La Leona from the Curse of La Leona about a private signing. She has a pop figure coming out and all these autographed people want set up private signings with her. Then I spoke to Zach Galligan from Gremlins about a couple confirmations for upcoming shows. Then I spoke to Roy from Cult Classic Convention about next weekend's show and getting things lined up for that. And then I talked to you guys. And during all that, I was working on ordering photos for clients for upcoming shows, you know, sitting here in Photoshop, resizing images and getting them right and all this stuff um, and answering emails. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, that that's a regular day for me, like that kind of busyness. Boom, 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 boom all day long, you know, so. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I was just about to say, man, you, uh, I'm sure you got to keep a phone charger on you pretty much wherever you go because it sounds like that is like <laughs> your life right there, you know, business and everything all through your phone. Um, yeah, um, I, I know that 
it's funny you you made the comment christian of like yeah you know everybody probably looks at sean and and it says like he's got it made like and and oh he's like oh yeah they do no i mean i thought that years ago you know when <laughs> before i ever really got to know him more i was like look at this dude man he's hanging out on the street with pj souls and he's getting to lead all these tours of the halloween filming locations i was like this dude fuck is- that guy <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, like I was just—that's like, a lot of people. Know. That's a lot of people, though. They're like, "Fuck that guy, dude! He didn't do shit. Why is he no, getting all these? Yeah. Fuck that guy!" But it was always like it was—it always was that way. It was like, man, this guy, like, he must have the coolest life. And like, I asked you about this before when we talked, Sean. But just to elaborate on that, like, mm-hmm. how does it feel now to like? If, do you ever take a step? back in like a moment and just kind of reflect and be like from where you were all those years ago and watching these horror movies and loving these actors and these actresses and, and really wanting to be a part of that world. And now you are a filmmaker yourself. You um, represent so many of these people that you used to watch probably when you were a teenager. Um, what do you know? Do you ever take a step back and, you know, just be like, dude, this is crazy. Like, I know it is crazy yeah. literally because you can be super busy, but like, yeah. is it ever surreal to you? Oh yeah. No, there's so many times that I stop and I just kind of look around and go, wow, this is weird. You know, I mean, it, it, it happens a lot, you know? Um, I mean, like, I'll give you one that was specific, you know, I, I went to Jamie Lee Curtis's house, right? Oh man. And, and I'm standing in her kitchen (laughs) and, (laughs) and, uh, and I'm just, Oh, okay. Let me switch gears. I had to use the restroom. I, you know, where's, you know, she goes, oh, it's over there. So I'm, I go in the bathroom, I shut the door, I'm in the restroom and I'm sitting there. I'm just looking as I'm peeing, (laughs) I'm looking around and I'm looking at all the stuff and I'm like, this is Jamie Lee Curtis's and Christopher Guest. I'm a huge Spinal Tap fan. And, you know, I mean, this is, this is their stuff. That's, that's the towel they use. That's, you know, that's, that's weird, you know, um, yeah. and, and it just just surreal, just surreal, you know, um, you know. I mean, I don't feel that way all the time. There was just that moment. There's these moments where you have a moment by yourself, like in a bathroom, where it, you kind of have that moment to kind of just look around and and snap out of it for a second and be like, oh wow, you know. Um, it's a trip, you know. I mean, there's times I've gone out to dinners with like a group, a group of my clients and I'm looking around the table at all these people that are famous that I admired and grew up with or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, why am I here? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is crazy. This is, if I walked by this table, I would lost my shit, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and, And here I am sitting here and it blows my mind. You know, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's. I'm very grateful um, and lucky, lucky as hell. You know, I I mean, it's uh, I work I work my ass off. I work really hard. I do. I mean, nothing was handed to me, but you know, a lot of dumb luck came into play on a lot of the things that have happened in my life. And uh, you know, I'm just proud that I can be somewhat of an ambassador, if you will, to guys like you who, you know, I hope I represent you 
uh, proudly. You know what I mean? I hope you guys go, Hey, you know, I'm glad it's that guy. You know, he's, he's, he's got our back. I'm not some guy sitting there. That's all about this, you know, and you know, it's the unfiltered, it's unfiltered nature. nature. That that's what it is, what it is uh, for me about you about that, you that I, I don't know. It's just, you're very genuine and very blunt and very straightforward. And that type, that type of personality is why when I watch horse holograms or one of the conventions or anything like that, I'm like, I don't look at you like I'm envious, of course, but I don't look at you like, like you said, like, man, that guy's a dick, like screw him. Like, no, I look at you and I'm like, <laughs> he's just like, so you're so yourself and you, and you, you sometimes too, you'll even like, you know, like you said, you can tell there are times where you're like, this is really cool what I'm doing. Like, it's cool that I'm standing at this place right now looking at this. And that's what a horror fan thinks of, you know, that's how we would feel if we were there. And so, I mean, when I went to the Myers house, you know, all the filming locations in South Pass, and I'm on the front porch, and I just hugged one of the posts and like just stood there for a minute. Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, yeah. um, and so, but yeah, that type of personality that you have, it, the, that genuine blunt nature that you have makes it to where, yeah, we, you, you do represent us. You represent us well, in my opinion. Well, I think, I don't think he's that, that great. <laughs> Man, I was feeling pretty good for a second there. Um, now I think, you know, one thing about horror fans is they can tell somebody who's legit and somebody who's a poser. You know what I mean? Um, although I've been called a poser by, <laughs> by, by uh, three. Oh no. Well, not just that guy. I was talking about Tony Moran. Um, oh. but <laughs> he, he, he said I was a poser. He said I was a poser. I, which I don't understand. I don't understand what he means. Sean, you know? anyway, Sean I mean, that's like, a gimmick, right? That Tony Morant thing. I, I hate to cut you off. Like that's got to be a gimmick. That guy can't be serious with all that stuff he says. Am I right or am I wrong? Like that's fake, you mean, right? He's just putting on. Like all that stuff I, I don't he said, it's so ludicrous. Like it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's hilarious to I, me. I'm like, there's no way this guy's serious. This is a wrestling gimmick. He's doing a promo right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from. One would say, yeah, it has to be, or this guy would be the biggest piece of shit on the planet. <laughs> but there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, um, I, I've always been the guy I am. You know, I've, uh, you can go back and watch videos of me fucking, 30 years ago, I'm still this guy. Maybe my hair was longer, but I'm still this guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm a horror nerd, you know? Um, I don't know what the fuck he taught when he says I'm a poser. I don't, I don't know what that means is in his eyes. I think it, I don't even know if he knows what that word means, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to get off track with talking negative shit. Um, yeah. but, uh, what what were we even talking about? Oh, me, me, me ambassador you, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I just, uh, I know that horror fans can see through the bullshit. Um, and, you know, clearly I've dedicated my entire life to the genre, you know, from doing the filming location stuff to prop collecting to the convention stuff to the documentary stuff. I mean, it's, I live and breathe it. 
uh, if I'm a poser, I'm fucking awesome at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so best actor, um, I, yeah, best actor. Yeah. I've living ever a seen. gimmick. Yeah, living a gimmick. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you know, I, I, you know, what do, what do scared people say when they're backed into a corner? They'll say yeah, whatever yeah. they, whatever they, you know, to, you know, the guy's a loser. Let me, let me and, and I don't think it's a gimmick. Yeah. I think he's just genuinely a dick. So that's, that's Christian, yeah. really quick really? before we switch topics. Um, um, there was, was, have you seen the scream factory Halloween three? Horse holograms. You've, you've yeah, watched I, that, right? And okay, I, were, I love how Tommy Lee Wallace was being a little like he was messing with Sean a little in that thing. Yeah. Well, you remember um, the dude at the Rose of Shannon Motel that they got on camera that was like calling Sean a poser and telling him to get that and go back to Los Angeles. <laughs> Sean got ran. into that. <laughs> That's Sean why we got into that. <laughs> and dude, he said the guy went and got like a baseball bat and was like, like really trying to. Like he was trying to fight Sean. Sean, I mean, Sean, if you want to tell Christian just a little bit about that, because I thought that was so cool. And I think Halloween, Halloween fans will find that hilarious because I know that was one of the craziest experiences you've had doing Horace Holograms. Uh-huh. It was one of the funner experiences. I love <laughs> shit like that because I, I love um that kind of, uh you know, especially since we got it on tape, I didn't know my camera guy was filming because we had literally just pulled up to the hotel, which are now like apartments. Um, and we, we got out of the car and it was me, Tommy and my camera guy buzz. And we were looking like, okay. Oh, so see the office is over here. They came walking this way. All of a sudden this guy just walks out of his apartment, which happened to be the one next door to the one Stacy Nelkin and Tom Atkins go into. And he just starts yelling at us. And he's all, go back to Hollywood, you fucking posers, blah, blah, blah. And and he's just, yeah, and we haven't even started filming. I mean, but, but Buzz is holding a camera. So that's all the dude had to go on was Buzz is holding a camera. And apparently Buzz just immediately kind of went and turned it on, was holding it. And I didn't know that. And he just started and he singled me out for whatever reason. He focused on me and he said, you with the hair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm like, I think they both have hair, but, um, and then, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of go, well, you know, whatever, dude, you know, really you want some, come on here. I'm taking my hoodie off. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to have to whoop your ass. Okay. Um, and then he goes back inside his apartment and Tommy says, you know, I don't think it was a very good idea. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, why, you know, fuck this guy. And he's all, you may have a gun. And I go, Oh shit. I didn't think of that. And, and he came out with a baseball bat. Now, right as he walked out with the baseball bat, a car pulled up and it was the owner of the property who had actually given us permission to film there. We, we saw him. He, the guy who owns the Rosa Shannon Motel also owns the factory, also owns a few what? other businesses. Like he owned where they had the store, you know, where they saw the masks on Main Street. So, he let us in there first. Like he let us in there with the keys. And then he said, oh, I'll meet you over at the motel in a few minutes. So he 
was he knew who we were. So he pulled up and then he chilled the dude out. He said, get back in your fucking apartment. Shut up. And so the guy just stood out on his porch, giving us the bird the whole time, which you can see in one shot if you look closely. Uh, but I, I told you that, right? Did I tell you yeah, about that? Yeah. So if you look yeah. at the one shot where we're standing across the street from the gas station and you can see the motel in the background, it's a tight shot on Tommy Lee Wallace's face. If you look right over his shoulder, out of focus, the guy is standing on his porch flipping us off. So <laughs> the main the main reason I wanted Sean to tell that story, not just because I know everybody will appreciate it, but dude, his Tommy Lee Wallace impression killed me when he first told me that. <laughs> like it killed me. Sean, let, let me ask you this, man. I do pretty hard, decent impressions. These these horrors, hollow ground steals. Was a was a young Sean Clark looking up these locations, just driving around without a camera beforehand. Like, let's go find this place. Let's go find this place. Yeah, it started uh, after I went to the Dawn of the Dead Mall in 1994, three or four. Mm-hmm. Um. That we went to a convention. Me and my friends went to this Dawn of the Dead. Or it was a Night of the Living Dead 25th anniversary convention. So that was 93. Um, and, um, so it was, it was actually across the street from the mall, which oddly enough, I'm going to be there next weekend <laughs> because I'm going to Steel City Comic Con, which is also in the same place. Technically not the same place. It's next door. I'll be staying in the same hotel I stayed in in 1993, but it's next door to where the convention was. They've moved the convention center since then. There's been a lot of remodeling. So I'll be at the Dawn of the Dead Mall next weekend if anybody wants to say hi. You'll find me in the food court having lunch every day. Um, and that's true. <laughs> I will go over there by myself every day and just have lunch in the food court and be like, I'm in the ice skating rink. <laughs> you know, looking around. Um but uh that experience of going to that mall was so amazing that I was like, oh, my God, I want this feeling again. Can I see more of these things? And I started seeking out the Halloween locations. This is pre-internet. There was no internet yet, you know. So I started – I was going through old interviews I'd seen with John Carpenter and – um an article I had read in Fangoria that Anthony Ferrante had written. It was a retrospective on Halloween where he mentioned some street names. So I broke out the old Thomas brothers guide. I don't know if you guys remember those, but before fucking Google earth and map quest and all this shit, you had to have a fucking map book. So I'm digging through the map book, looking up orange grove, orange grove. Hey, here's one. And, in South Pasadena. They said they filmed in Pasadena, South Pasadena. Let's go there. I was going to the wrong Orange Grove. Orange Grove they were referring to was in Hollywood off of Sunset, the babysitter's houses. But I'm driving down the freeway. I see the exit, Orange Grove. I get off that exit. Anybody who's familiar with these locations, you exit Orange Grove, you make your, you go through the light, you, it goes to a dead end. You make your first left. And literally a couple hundred feet in front of you is the hardware store in the Myers house. I just stumbled upon them. Holy crap. And was, my mind was blown. Yeah. And that, that's where the adventures began. 
That's so cool. Charlie now fuckers, you. now fuckers like you can just go, go, go see Hollow Myers house. Boom. Okay, there it is. Oh, look at Street View. Oh, there is. Oh, somebody's home. Let's go check it out. You know. <laughs> yeah, you had to earn it, Sean. You're. I earned that shit. Low. This whole you becoming a representative for all these actors and stuff happened. I got. I have a feeling like you didn't just say one day, "This is what I want to do with my life." You kind of yeah. said you stumbled into this a little bit. Yeah, I've kind of told the story before, and I hate telling the story for particular reasons. I don't think Nick knows it, so you may know I'm why sorry. I don't want it. Yeah, I, I, no, it's a, do you know what, Nick? You know the story? I, um, okay, maybe you don't. Hold, you told me. I know you told me. Um, well, but, I mean, if, if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool. No, nah, it just it brings up Tony Moran again. I don't want to talk about Tony Moran because he was my first client, That's- technically. I, d- oh, I just you, you never actually you never told me that you never really? told me that yeah we don't have to do this we don't have to do this it's fine I'll talk about it I don't give a shit I'll talk about it. so the 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 most ironic thing about this whole thing and maybe this is why Tony Moran is so bitter at me is the fact that he's indirectly responsible for what I've become because. He, I found him uh, when I was a journalist, asked him to do an interview. Nobody had ever found him. I was the first guy to ever find him. He did an interview when I was a writer for Dread Central. I asked him to sign a couple posters for me after the interview. It was two posters and an 8x10, although I've seen a story where he says I had 11 things, including stuff from Japan and shit like that, which is much like most of his stories totally embellished and and not true um so i had three items two posters and an eight by ten eight by ten of him choking jamie and i said would you mind signing these for i actually said i brought a couple things i left them in the car because we did the interview and at his office and i said would you mind sign them and he said no no problem i'll walk you out got to the car and he goes this is a trip i've never signed i've never autographed anything before i'm like are you serious? You've never signed a Halloween autograph? He goes, no, this is the first ever. I was like, wow. I go, dude, do you know how many Halloween fans would love to get your autograph? And he's like, ah, you serious? I'm like, dude, I'm serious. These conventions, you know, you'd be really popular. And so I said, look, I have a buddy, my buddy, Evan McGar, who runs Mad Monster Party, had a show at the time called Necro Comic Con. And I was going to be there with the horror channel, uh, doing on-camera interviews with the celebrities. And I said, hey, I can give them a call, and I'm sure I could get you in. It's local. If you don't dig it, you can just go home, you know, but I think you'll have a good time. So he agrees to do it. He goes there. He he does it. He's enjoying himself. He comes up to me about two hours into the show and says, hey, this is fucking awesome. How can I do more of these, you know? And I said, well, actually, there is a guy here that I know books celebrities for these conventions. There was one person I knew that did it. And I said, he's over there. And he goes, can you, you know, can you talk to him for me? And I said, yeah, no problem. I went over and I talked to this individual who will remain nameless. And I said, Hey, Tony Moran, face of Michael Myers. And he goes, was he in the movie for like three seconds? And I go, yes, but, I go, it's significant. It's a big deal. He's the face of Michael Myers. To Halloween fans, it's a big deal. I've never downplayed Tony's role. I wish Tony would have owned his role, you know, instead of trying to be something he's not. But 
anyhow, at the time, I'm like, yes, you know, and he goes, pass. I go, really? <laughs> and he goes, pass. So I go back to Tony or no, I went back about my business. And then Tony came up to me later and said, hey, did you talk to that guy? And I said, yeah, he goes, what did he say? I told him exactly what he said. He looks at me, he goes, fuck that guy. Why don't you rep me? And I go, I guess I could. And that's how it started. That's literally wow. how this started. And I had just finished doing the 25 Years of Terror documentary where I helped coordinate a lot of the talent for that. And we had done the 25 Years of, of Terror convention where I helped coordinate a lot of talent for that. I wasn't a celebrity agent or anything like that, but I called those people. I talked them into doing these things. So I knew how to do that. So I had all these phone numbers. So I just started going through my phone book and going, Hey, this is Sean. Yeah. From the convention and the documentary, would you be interested in doing some more conventions and blah, 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 and this and that. And next thing I know within shit, two months, I had 50 clients and they were all people from Halloween movies. <laughs> I was the wow. Halloween guy. That's how I kind of became the Halloween guy. Um, and then, uh, it just snowballed. It just started growing, you know, and I started getting bigger clients and people were referring me to bigger clients. I mean, actually Stacy Nelkin, who you guys will know from Halloween three, she was a big part of my launching pad. Cause she one day out of the blue said, Oh, I think uh, one of my best friends would do really well at these things. And I'm like, Oh yeah, who's that? And she said, Linda Hamilton. And I was like, yeah. And she hooked me up with Linda Hamilton. So that opened a whole new, you know, set of doors for me. And then, you know, getting lucky working with Norman Reedus before Walking Dead, you know, I was working with them during the Boondock Saints stuff that when he got Walking Dead, you know, and, and, you know, here we are. And it's all because. Of Tony Moran, when it comes are, down yeah. to it, you are Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. Well, it, 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 it kind of works both ways, yeah. you know, because yeah. oh, I yeah. created a monster by introducing him to the convention world, and he created a business monster <laughs> by pushing me in this direction. I've always wanted to know this, Sean. You just mentioned 25 years of terror, and now, like, um, that was really a big launching point for you. Um, that woman that won the contest to be in Halloween nine, <laughs> did she ever get in a Halloween movie? Cause I don't know if I've ever found the answer to that. Yes. She, her scene was cut though. It's in the deleted scenes. She's one of the reporters outside of Smith's Grove. Rob zombies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, wait, wow. I never noticed. Yeah. That yeah. Happened. You're, Wait, 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 hold on. Are you talking about the woman that won the contest at 30 years of terror? No, 25 years. The chick that at flashed 25. the camera on the documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. Let me let me tell you a story about that. Her name is Heather Bowen. She's a friend, still is a friend to this day. That really fucked up her life. I mean, in a real bad way. She was... 18 years old. She was, uh, you know, she was a kid, man. She was just being crazy, you know, fucking around that, that thing of her flashing the camera guys or whatever. That was, 
never supposed to be in the documentary. I was shocked um, that they kept it like shocked. I just so you know, for the record, I had absolutely nothing to do with the editing of that documentary. And the crazy thing is a gay dot, a gay guy is the yeah. actually the guy who, who edit, who edited the doc, one of the producers. Yeah. Massey, right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, St- Stefan Hutchinson, who's also good friends with Heather, he would have never put that in the doc either. And he was the director. Um, it, it actually ruined her life. It fucked her up because she got so much hate online and so many people talking shit about her and calling her a whore. And it really, it, it, it destroyed her. Um, and, uh, it took her years to kind of recover from it. And, um, you know, and everybody was saying, oh, she only, but they only picked her cause she showed her tits and this and that. And she probably fucked everybody. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was really bad. She legitimately won the, uh, mm-hmm. it was like Mustafa Cod that picked her or whatever. Yep. He hadn't, he didn't even know her. He had nothing about it, you know? And, uh, it's a bummer. That whole thing was a real bummer. And I, I've always felt so terrible about it. And I didn't even know it was in it until I got the DVD, you know, cause I, I kind of had an estranged relationship with that production because me and Massey yeah, were like this. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, they were trying to keep me away from it as much as possible. And in a way, I thank them for doing so because honestly, I think the documentary is kind of terrible. I mean, I know people love it. Halloween fans love it because it was the first of its kind. And it was like everything we've been starving for, for years. Now you watch it compared to stuff that's coming out now. It's pretty amateur hour, but you know, at the time, you know, we were, you know, we were, we were learning. We were kind of the first. We we kicked off that whole trend of horror documentaries. You know, uh, Never Sleep Again came, and then Crystal Lake Memories, and you know they started snowballing, and that became the thing. But looking back on it, although I'm proud to have worked on it, um, I mean my real, my real contributions to it was getting a lot of that talent. And conducting some of those interviews, um, I was the guy behind the camera uh, asking the questions on a lot of the interviews, like the Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, Rob Zombie, uh, Clive Barker, um, and and some some bunch of the Halloween Three people, um, Little Buddy, Marge Gutman, you know. <laughs> which I'm surprised I've never I was never able to get the woman who played Marge Gutman, Garn Stevens. I was never able to get her to do a convention. She just wouldn't do it. She's the one who got Remind her face me. blown up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remind me, Sean, was that Tom Atkins? Was Tom Atkins married, married to her? To her? During Halloween really? 3, he was married to her. Yeah. Okay. <clears> they were, they had been divorced for years by then. So that's, that's yeah. why she wasn't. He there. put me in touch with her, but she did yeah. the interview for the Blu ray or the DVD, rather. It wasn't yeah. even Blu ray yet when we did that. Um, which is another thing why I don't think it was ever released on Blu-ray because we didn't shoot it in high def. It's pretty, you know, low tech 
Well, you know, it was cool too because it spanned the whole series and we hadn't had one up to that point. But like you said, I mean, you go back and look at it. It's like, I mean, you're what you offered to it, your interviews and your narration and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, it's really mainly just like kind of the quality of it and uh, how it was spliced together. It's kind of sloppily edited. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I was really excited for uh, A&E's Halloween, the inside story years ago. I remember watching that premiere and I loved that. The only the only thing I didn't like was we only got, they only touched on the, you know, the nine movies after that for like five minutes. And I get it. It was all about Halloween. But like, I think that is still, that's something I would have liked to see in the complete collection set as well. It's like an updated overview documentary of the whole series, because I feel like we still haven't gotten one. That's like a banger for Halloween. Like never sleep again is a banger. Crystal Lake memories is a banger, but you know, yeah, I, the one th- I mean, I think the Halloween backstory is great. Yeah, um, I'm a little bitter because I got cut out of it because <laughs> I they brought me in and interviewed me for it. And uh, Phil Noble, who's now the editor of Fangoria, he's the one who did the documentary. He he was going to put me in it. And at that moment, I had a little fight with Malika Cod. I think it was over 30 years of terror. I think something happened. It, it was very short lived and we're total buddies now. But at the time we were, we were button heads over something. So to be spiteful, he told him to cut me out. <laughs> uh, and, and I, yeah, I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he apologized for it later. He was like, ah, I probably shouldn't have done it. I go, yeah, Dick, you know, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, Sean, I was watching your YouTube channel and you were talking about uh, getting Jamie Lee Curtis's autograph in, I think you said, 93 at a book, at a children's book signing. What's the yeah. wackiest place you've ever gone to get an autograph? Oh, that's a good question. Children's book signing is pretty wacky. but um... Did you buy a book, Sean, or did you just show up with the poster? I got one. Hold on, dude. <laughs> right here. I got three of them. I went to three of her book signings. I book. I bought it every time. <laughs> I think this is the first time. The first one. Uh-huh. Tell me about the night I was born. Oh, look at that signature. Mm. Look That's that. a good one right there. Eat your heart out, Halloween fans. And then, is there really a human race? Let's see. And you know, every time I bought the book, you know, because I'm there to support the. Now, see, I think. At this point, she'd caught on to people buying the books and cutting the paper out, and you, and so she actually signed on the graphic. Not that I was cutting the paper out. Um, and then, same here. See, on this one, um, this is uh, big words. So I think she she caught on to autograph guys coming to the to the signings, cutting the piece out of the book, and then framing it and selling it. With a Halloween still, which I'd never do. If I ever have kids, mm-hmm. I'm going to read them these books one day. You know, right? So, so is but, the children's see. books the wackiest place? Um, no public restroom. No, I'm not. I'm not an asshole, man. I'm not going. I don't bother people when they're eating dinner. I don't. Oh, I don't. No. Bo- <laughs> I, I, I won't bother them in the bathroom. He's about a urinal. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Um, let me think. I'm not one of those guys that 
goes to places and tries to get autographs like that when they're not there to do that. You know what I mean? Um, you're not an airport kind of guy. Fuck no. In <laughs> fact, I have a buddy who's hard. Huh? I have a buddy who's hardcore into that and he's not a reseller. He's a fan and uh-huh. he'll call me cause he knows the few people I really want to meet. And he, he'll, he'll call me up and go, dude, Kurt Russell's coming in LAX at blah, blah, blah. I don't know where these guys find this shit out. And I'm like, dude, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't be that guy waiting at the fucking baggage claim with my thing poster. I just feel like such a dick. Not that he's a dick. I mean, I don't dis, you know, he's a hardcore fan. And if he's got the balls to do that, I just can't do that. You know what I mean? I, I feel like a dick doing that because I've been with, those guys at airports traveling with them and I know how much it bothers them. You know what I mean? And I just like, I don't want to be the guy that when I walk away with my signed thing that they're going, what a fucking asshole. Blah, 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 blah. I'm here at the airport, you know, you know, you know, cause I I've seen it happen. And I, I want I my imagine, experience with my idols to okay. be okay. cherished and, and memorable and, I want to walk away. It's like I, I'm a massive Motley Crue fan. Like, uh, Tommy Lee was one of my biggest influences as a drummer, because I'm a drummer. And I was at the Three from Hell premiere, and I'm standing in the lobby of the theater, and it's kind of chaotic. And I look right next to me, and it's Tommy Lee with his wife. And I'm look at my girlfriend. I'm like, fuck, it's Tommy Lee, you know, and she knows what she's all talk to him. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to him here. I don't want to talk to him in the middle of this because this is, he, he clearly doesn't want to be talked to. I can tell, you know, I want someday I'm going to be in a situation where I can just kick it with that guy in a casual situation and have a conversation. I know it'll happen. I know too many people that know him, you know, it'll happen one day and and I'll be grateful. I waited because, you know, the, I'm not above being a fan, but you get treated differently by those people when you're not perceived as a huge fan. You know what I mean? And I want to see, I want to have a conversation. I just don't want to go, dude, dude, I saw you too fast for love to her. You spun your sticks. I swear you looked at me, you know, no, I don't want to be that guy, you know? So anyway, and that that did, I did see him on Too Fast for Love Tour, but anyway, let's flip the coin, let's John. Flip the coin, let's flip the coin on that. Have you ever had a situation, had a situation where an actor, where an actor came, up came up to you and was like, "Hey, are you Sean? I've been looking to talk to you." Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you kind of talked about Jamie calling you. Like, have you ever had another yeah. situation where somebody came up to you and they were like, "Are you Sean Clark? I need to talk to you" or something like that? I do have. I. It's happened to me where people that are famous. N- are fans of me um, or know me um, like it tripped me out that like Zach, the guitar player from Shinedown is like a big Hor- a horse hog grounds fan. He's a huge horror mm. fan. And he started res- like one of the, I didn't know who Shinedown was. Um, I didn't know they were as big as they were. Uh, but one of the girls that works for me, Tina is a huge fan. 
And one day she messages me and goes, holy shit, Zach from Shinedown just responded to one of your posts. I'm like, who the fuck's that? You know, I'm like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, are you kidding me? And so I looked them up. I'm like, oh, shit, these guys are legit, you know. And I knew I thought they were popular, but I didn't know how popular till they invited me to one of their concerts. And I, it was like in an mm. arena and they're headlining. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like they're big time, you know. Um, same thing with, uh, Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. He's a big Horse Hall Grounds fan too, you know. We're actually going to do an episode together. Uh, he wants to do an episode with me. Um, but one, the one that I think tripped me out the most was, uh, Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. <laughs> he was in my movie, Black Waters of Echoes Pond. On set, I only, he only worked three days. And I directed him in one scene, uh, because we had had like a 14 hour day. Our director, he was like, dude, I can't see straight. Could you direct this last scene? Cause it's, it's, there's no dialogue. It's going to be easy. So I did. And Robert Patrick was the person in the scene and I asked him to do something and he, he, he goes, I said, Oh, I said, so in this, you're looking in the distance. And I go, when you, when you see, you see him pushing the wheelbarrow, I go, just kind of like, just kind of go, what the fuck? Like that. Right. And I'm the writer, so I can add shit. Right. And he goes, who am I talking to? And I said, well, you're talking to yourself. He goes, nah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, so it's Robert Patrick. Um, but I met him on set, like the first day I met him, he was really, I think he's a method actor. I think he stays in character. So he's kind of a dick on set. Uh, somebody walks up to me, this is literally out of the blue. Hadn't met Robert Patrick. I'm sitting there doing something like a PA walks up and he goes, Sean, uh, Mr. Patrick would like to meet you. And I turn around and it's him in, in wardrobe. And he goes, kind of pushes up his, his trucker hat and he goes, so tell me, why am I killing this boy? And I go, um, hi, yeah, I'm, I'm Sean, <laughs> you know, and he's like, yeah, why am I killing this boy? And I go, well, and I start to explain why he's doing it. His character, he's asking why his character is killing. So I explain it to him and he goes, seems kind of cowardly. And I go, well, n- no, because this is why it's not. And he goes, ah. Seems kind of cowardly. Well, anyway, best of luck to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to rewrite the scene for you because you think it's cowardly. Um, but so that was my only experience with the guy. I didn't speak another word to him in three nights. That was it. <laughs> I'm in this cut 10 years later, 10 years later. I'm in an airport, I think in like Toronto, Canada or something. And I'm standing there talking to, um, no, it wasn't Toronto. Where was that? I don't remember. Maybe it was Toronto. I'm standing there talking to Mitch Pileggi, you know, from Shocker and X-Files. I'm standing there. We're talking. Robert Patrick walks up. Now that we're going to a convention, going to or coming from a convention. We're at baggage claim waiting for bags. So I'm talking to Mitch. Robert walks up. Robert and Mitch start talking. And he and Robert looks over and he goes, he goes, hey, you're that writer fella, aren't you? 
And I go, I go, yeah. He goes, uh, you write, you wrote that Black Waters. I go, yeah, Black Waters of Echoes Pond. He goes, yeah, yeah. Was, he goes, that monologue you wrote for me at the dinner table, that's damn good. I'm like, wow. I mean, he never complimented anything, just criticized everything. And I'm like, wow, thank, thank you. I, I'm like, thank you. And he goes, I, I got a question for you. I go, yeah. And he goes, why don't you follow me on Instagram? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what, what? He goes, you don't follow me, but I follow you. I go, what, what are you, are you, are you serious? And he goes, malfunction, right? Malfunction. And I go, yeah, I, I will, I will take care of that right now. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I was floored. I'm like, here's a dude that I didn't think even remembered me, you know, barely spoke a word to me on set is now asking me why I don't follow him on Instagram. And we've been, we've been really, we've been really good friends ever since. There you go. The T1000 asked you why you're not following on Instagram. Dude, totally caught me off guard. I was like, what the fuck? Serious? Okay. Oh man. You know, Sean, I got, that has me thinking too, with what you do and the things you do, like your YouTube channel, showing your Amazing doesn't even begin to describe your collection. I have so many questions, but I can't keep you here all night to horrors, holograms and all that stuff. Your inbox, especially on Facebook stuff, you got to be flooded all the time with messages from fans saying, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Do you have this? Do you have that? I want to buy this from you. Do you have that? Like your inbox has, you got to always be catching up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do my best to answer everything and everybody. Um, I mean, some people are overzealous. There's just one fucking guy that will not fucking leave me alone about making a collection video on my killer clowns heads. I see the one behind you there. Um, he, I mean, yeah, I think I have the real one of that head. <laughs> um, yeah, just some creation X. Yeah, no, that's a nice one. That's a nice one, actually. Yeah, I um, think it was used from the movie Mold, if I can get out of the way. But, yeah, it's not from the set or anything. Uh, but the dude just constantly pesters me about it to the point where I'm like, I'm actually going to put that one off a little longer now because you're pissing me <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I'm this close. It takes a lot to get me to block somebody. I'm this close to blocking this dude. Because, like, he'll literally, like, prod me. Like, it'll just be like, bro, question mark. <laughs> and I'll, like, ignore it and it'll be like, come on, dude. <laughs> He's been bugging me for, like, a year. It's like, there is a... I did the show Collection Complete I was a guest on. We covered those heads. There's an episode already on those heads. Watch that. You know, well, if you ever if you ever get around to doing a solo one, you should just like open it with like, you know, obviously take a while to do it and then open it and be like, you know, I really just wanted to do this. Just spur of the moment, like no particular reason, <laughs> just really wanted to tackle this one. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, you know, I know nobody cares about this one. <laughs> Actually, I should just put it killer clowns, have, you know, do the whole thing and then go, ah, you know what? Let's do this goat thing instead. Come on over here. <laughs> Yeah, and then switch yeah, it and watch him lose his mind. 
Yeah, I, Killer I Clowns fan dead. <laughs> that headline the next day. Thanks, Sean Thanks. Clark. The finishing of Horror's Hollow Grounds for the Halloween movies. I know you said that that was on the docket this year. Do you have? Uh, I you were just in Georgia, weren't you? Not long ago. Yeehaw, I was. Did you cover it? Halloween two. Yeah. Yes. Oh hell yeah! I'm stoked. And went and found every location. Unlike the other people that have done them. So you found the, you, you, you got where the Phantom Jam was. You even mm-hmm. got that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm stoked for that episode because it seems like obviously I did it myself. You know, you get, you people visit the Halloween locations. Rob Zombie's Halloween too isn't usually one of them because it's across the country from California. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's funny because I know we talked about this a little bit. The more I've researched that preparing for this episode, the more I've started to appreciate the movie. I actually, it's growing on me as I, as I, I've had to watch it over and over again. It's not moving up higher in rank. It might have just bumped above resurrection for me, but it's, you know what I mean? Oh, you got to give it above <laughs> resurrection. I said it just did. Calm okay, down. Okay. Okay. Um, good enough. But, um, but, um, yeah, no, I, uh, cause I looked up, you know, when I, when I do my location videos, I never had to do this before, but there's so many fucking people doing them now that are doing them regularly. There's like about six guys that are doing them regularly. Um, and a lot of these people, you know, it's, 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 it's getting harder to be the first guy that did it. It's also being harder to um, to find stuff nobody else has found. Yeah. So in the case of um, Halloween 2, uh, there's a couple videos on YouTube. I watched them. And one was pretty thorough. The guy found – he surprised me on a couple things that he found. Now, mind you, I already knew where everything was. I didn't need any help. Um, but I was just curious at how they did it, you know, you know, just always watch. Um, and, uh, he got a couple things wrong. So mm. although he found a lot of stuff, nobody else had, he got a couple things wrong. Uh, so I, I'm not the one to call people out. I'm not going to go. So-and-so did the video and fuck this <laughs> up. You know, I'm just going to say this is, I mean, I may, I think I did say, um, uh, there's there's been rumor that it was another place, but it's actually here, you know, mm-hmm. and and in the case of Hall, Rob's two films, I absolutely know where everything is, because at the time I was basically I had an open invite to the set and I was getting the call sheets, not the call sheets, but the location maps every day via email. So I would just download them. I have all of the location maps. So. I, I didn't have to really do a whole lot of research except for figuring out where everything was as far. I mean, dude, he filmed all over Georgia, dude. That was yep. a bitch. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still do horse holograms with buzz? So it's just no, you? it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Sometimes a selfie stick and a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It's kind of all you need uh, nowadays, Sean. Most people ain't going to complain about that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. You know what? It's, it. you know, when I was doing them primarily for Scream Factory, 
and stuff. I wanted a specific level of professionalism, you know, and I wanted the, and I do like the, the, the vibe of you guys are coming on a journey with me and I'm hosting it. It's hard to do that when I don't want everything to be in my face the whole time. Um, so I'm, I'm deviating for a lot of, I'm popping in once in a while, but I'm doing a lot of just filming the spots and narrating over it. Um, so, you know, also, you know, one of my favorite things that I do feel is kind of lacking from the new episodes is the humor where I would really kind of delve into some funny shit. And that developed over between Buzz and I. It would be me trying to make him laugh. And now I don't have that dynamic. So I feel like the episodes aren't as funny. But, you know, whatever. I mean, the humor the humor is a great inclusion. But like you said, sure. dude, we, we mainly come to that to go on this journey with you. Because we want to see these places, too. And to have somebody that we know, you know, appreciates the genre and the film. You know, it's mm-hmm. cool to watch you do that. Um, like, but I, when you talk about the humor, I've, I just always think about your Halloween 2 episode where I can't remember the, the actor's name that keeps coming up to you about Nightmare 2. Robert Russler. Robert, yeah. Robert Russler. Like, yeah. hey, when, when you're doing Nightmare 2, he's like, uh, um, like are, are you doing it too? Yeah, but this is Halloween 2. I'm like, that That yeah. always killed me. Because like, obviously, I know you guys were just messing around, but I thought that was hilarious. And you always, you, you always did do like little things like that that I appreciated. Well, that all started because Russler and I are good friends. And... I'm also good friends of Marshall Bell, who played the coach in, in Elm Street 2. So I was shooting the Halloween 1 episode, and I happened to be talking to Rustler, and I told him, I said, yeah, I'm doing this thing, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, dude, you know, you, you want me to take you to the Halloween 2 school or, or the Elm Street 2 school? And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm, you know, it's it's all just part one. And I go, but, I go, that would be kind of funny if you like popped up when I'm at the school and you're like offering to take me to the other one. And I'm like, nah, you know, and, and you're kind of like, what the fuck dude, you know? <laughs> so that's, and then, and then we took it a step further and said, what if Marshall Bell popped up in there too, you know? And he's all like, hi slime balls or whatever. And we're doing the, 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 the you know, not the pushups, but it's just like the planks, I guess is what they're called. Um, and they're just both such good sports. And then it was so well received. People thought that was so funny. I'm like, dude, you should pop up again and be like, I'm street too, you know? And it just became a running gag, which is funny if you watch them in order. If you watch them out of order, you're like, what the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know, it makes no sense, which I never really thought about, you know, the, but anyway, it's hilarious. I appreciated it. <laughs> I always dug the magazines, the Horror Hound magazines, and you would see the pictures and stuff in those, too. Mm-hmm. I always thought those were really cool. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't written one of those articles in a long time. Um, there's a guy uh, that's been writing them primarily for the last couple of years, a guy named Robert Patterson. He has a also does what I do. He has a site called Set Jetter. Um, he's been doing most of those. He's a big horror nerd, too. I'm fa- in fact... In a couple of weeks, we're, we're going to go to a few locations together. So Sweet. every once in a while, like we were in Toronto at the same time and we went to the prom night locations together and 
um, a bunch of Hannibal locations from the TV series. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Sean, what's your favorite thing to collect? Hmm. Children's tears. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, obviously movie props are huge. Um, I just don't like the price tag that's attached to them. Um, but I really enjoy stumbling upon things from my childhood that, you know, whether it be some weird toy or something that I had when I was a kid that I stumble upon, like at a convention, like I'm looking at a, a dealer's table and I go, Oh fuck. And it's something maybe I completely forgot about. And I'm, I see it and then it brings back all these memories. And I'm like, I must have that, you know, even though it's stupid, I just need it. You know, I've, I've got a room full of stupid shit that people walk in. They're looking at my collection. They're like, is that, what is that? You know, like, and then I have to explain what it is. Is that a bubblicious telephone? It's, yeah, it's a telephone that looks like a pack of bubblicious bubble gum, but it's a telephone. Anyway, I have one of those. <laughs> Do you have a, um, someone posed this question to Christian and I about a month ago, and I thought this would be good to ask you. Do you have a white whale, something that you want so bad that you can't seem to track down? Or maybe it's not that you can't seem to track down. It's that it's so expensive that you can't bring yourself to pull the trigger on it. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't really think so. Um, I mean, there's an item that has, uh, has haunted me my whole life. I saw it when I was a kid in a toy store in Alaska. I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. And I think I was visiting my grandparents Maybe I was nine years old. I, I I remember going into a toy store and seeing this item and fixating on it and wanting it. And to this day, I've never seen it again. And it and I don't know what it is. And that's kind of my white whale because it's the mystery of the item. It was a doll or figure of, I want to say, a vampire, but cartoony vampire. And I remember it looking like it was made of foam. I have searched high and low on the internet for something like this. eBay, every, I, maybe my mind doesn't remember it the way it really looked. I, I'll never find it. I've, I don't think I ever will. That's kind of something that intrigues me more than anything else is this thing that I don't know what it was, but I was so fixated on it. I remember it was like a, a part of me was like, it, it almost looked like the Dracula from Sesame street, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. was, it was cartoony looking. It wasn't based off of that, uh, Dracula sovereign of the damned, huh? That eighties cartoon that came out. I think it was, I have no clue, bro. I have no idea. <laughs> you should Google that and see if that brings it up. Cause if that what's does, it? I doubt it's, it. Uh, but what's it called? It was. It's called Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned. Uh, I believe it was also. It had another name, but it was a. It was a cartoon. It's like an. It was like an adult cartoon. It's pretty violent and stuff, and it's kind of funny. I doubt it. This was in a little. Ago. This was like a little kids' toy store. Yeah, probably so. 
I, I doubt it, but I'll look it up anyway. You never know. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a cartoony vampire. Um, you never know, man. Christian has his white whale on uh, coming soon. You should tell him what that is. I think Sean will appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, David Miller makes those baby Freddies. Uh, he puts them on eBay, and I, I bit the bullet on that a few months ago. So any day now, he messaged me and said he was just so busy because of COVID. He didn't have all his help and all that. But it, it's pretty It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, baby Freddies, your white whale? <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess so. I, I don't really know what else I want. I'm just a big nightmare guy, so like getting that kind of stuff is cool. And uh, I've always wanted a baby Freddy. So when I, well, when I saw somebody have one, I was like, Jesus Christ, that is ridiculous. That thing is insane, and it's on a base and got the umbilical cord, and the body's all gross. And then someone said, Oh, you know, the guy who made the move worked in the movie. That, that's him. He makes these. I was like, What? So hmm. I finally got the cash to get one of those. That was cool. So I'm just waiting on that any day now. But it's cool to be able to talk to David too. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, sort of a white whale prop would probably be like the Judith Myers tombstone from the original Halloween. That would be that would be pretty badass. Do you know where that is? No, I mean, I've heard rumor that the guy who was the prop master, Randy Moore, I think was his name, that that he supposedly still has it, but is all like hush hush about it. Like I saw a picture that surfaced of it. Like that, apparently he leaked out there, mm. but I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know why he's sitting on it because now would be the time to sell it. You'll probably never get more money for it than you would right now. Yeah, but so do I think it. I would step? That thing would go for six figures. Oh yeah, oh, and I ain't paying six <laughs> figures for a styrofoam tombstone. Sorry, it'd be dope to have, but Can't I don't have Rob money. Zombie money. <laughs> yeah he's buying probably as he's buying props off the set of the monsters and stuff like that you know? yeah. so sean let me ask you one more quick question the uh the start of on your youtube you've had your youtube channel for quite some time but i correct me if i'm wrong i don't remember you doing the daily collection stuff till about a year ago was that a covid thing where you like hey i've got a few i'm, I'm home let, let me let me start showing some of this stuff off you know was that kind of what that was well, I started the YouTube channel, I guess I really started it years ago, but I didn't do anything right. with it. Like, I I think I uploaded a couple videos from conventions of me and Redis or something. Um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. So I think I also had it just so I had a YouTube account. Um, so I really don't feel like I officially started my YouTube channel until last like April, April or May of last year. And that was because of COVID. I'm like, well, I'm stuck here. I got nothing to do. You know what? I'm finally going to put all those fucking horse hall grounds videos online that everybody's already put up, you know, bootleg versions of. So <clears throat> started doing that. Started going through all these old cassettes that I'm still transferring and uploading. Old. I mean, I've got tons of footage I've transferred that I haven't edited and put up yet. Now I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do any of that shit. <clears throat> I'm struggling just editing right now. Like I'm, I'm deep into the hot, the Rob zombie Halloween episode. It's like pretty much done, but 
but I need to go back and, and get a couple loca I'm actually going to a location tomorrow. Tom- oh, uh, I, this is my day tomorrow. You want to know another day in the life of Sean Clark? Please. All right. So I have to be at Nick Castle's house at 11 a.m. Uh, oh, for man, a signing, <clears throat> doing a private signing at his house. Then I have to go uh, meet Jason Lively for lunch. And then from there, I'm going to a location that I haven't been able to get into because of COVID. It's an interior. Sean, I wanted to ask you about uh, – he's no longer with us, rest his soul, but uh... – You've had a pretty good relationship with John Carl Buechler, right? Um, I did. Yeah, I worked with him. I worked with him briefly, and uh, I mean, I wasn't super tight with him uh, at the end, but um, we were friends. I guess we're we were definitely friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was a really nice guy. Uh, a little bit. I, I think uh somewhat delusional sometimes in regards to uh certain things, but it was more of a um uh, just a uh, an optimism that he was he was so dead set on making this troll remake movie that he talked about for almost a decade. And it yeah. just never happened. And, and, and it kind of got to the point where it seemed like it was getting to be a little bit of a parody of itself. But, um, you know, cause he would keep talking about, ah, this much closer. And it's like, are you though? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's sad that he never got to do it, but he was just such a nice guy. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. I and mean, the last time I saw him, he, he was at rock and shock. <clears throat> in Worcester, Massachusetts, and uh, he was in a wheelchair, and he was looking really like sickly. He was he lost a lot of weight, and he was looking very pale. He did not look well, and I think he was dead a year later. You know, mm. so yeah, so. Now, a lot of artists that you've met, do you think, do a lot of artists have kind of like quirky things about their personality that just kind of set them apart from the average person? Whether it be over optimism or, you know. When you say artist, you mean like effects artists, that kind of thing? Yeah, or just. That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of those, a lot of artists are quirky. I mean, Steve Johnson's a character, that's for sure. Uh, you know. My buddy Chris Nelson, you know, he's definitely got his quirks, he'll tell you. Um, but he's not kooky. He's, uh, you know, artists are, uh, moody. You know, they're, they're, they're artists. <laughs> um, who else do I know that's like, I mean, uh, my buddy Sandy Calora, he's definitely, he's definitely a personality. Um, I mean, but, uh, yeah, Tony Gardner is probably the most normal of all of them. <laughs> He's a very normal dude. <laughs> one of the nicest people you ever meet. Um, but I mean, they're all good people really, you know, right. uh, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I know we, we just lost Robert Hall, um, who was a friend of mine, and a former client. Um, 
and he had his issues, unfortunately, his demons. Um, I haven't heard the actual cause of death yet, but um, I can only imagine what it probably was. So, And, Sean, that's got to be tough. You know, some of these people you're presented, I mean, I assume a lot of them are kind of getting up in age. It's got to be tough seeing them, you know, reach that back nine of life. I mean, they become probably close to family members to you, huh? You talk to them so often. Yeah, there's a f- there's definitely a few that w- when the time comes, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, it was tough losing Steve Dash. That was mm-hmm. he and I were were close. Um, Richard Brooker too. Um, and oddly enough, you know, I I, I went and I visited Ted White about four or five times during the COVID thing. Um, and you know, he's 95 and you know, the reality is he isn't going to be around much longer. And, uh, and that bums me out. Um, because you know, he's definitely in the final inning, so to speak. I mean, he, you're never going to see him at a convention again. I can tell you that a hundred percent. Um, but it's, yeah, it's sad to see people heading and, you know, I'm really tight with Tom Atkins and just recently it's been dawning on me that, man, he's 80, you know, he's getting up there. It's, uh, you know, they're not going to be around for life still, you know, it seems like Tom does pretty good, huh? Yeah, no, Tom, Tom is great, but you know, the thing that's, I think we all learn this as we get older, as we see these people age is, you know, one day that like that, it can change whether it be like a stroke or something happens. And suddenly that person you knew is gone or different, you know? Um, I mean, I saw it happen with Jeremy Bullock, you know, Mm -hmm. Boba Fett, that dude was much, much like Tom Atkins. Hey, how you doing? You know, full of life. I mean, always Sean. Hey, how are you? You know? And then one day I saw him at a convention. I'm like, Jeremy. And he's like this. Like, like he was like shaken and, and like looking like he was lost. And I was like, Whoa, what happened? And they're like, you know, dementia, like set in quick, like Alzheimer's. And he like didn't even know where the fuck he was. Yeah. I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, it just it's sobering because it can happen to any of us at any time, you know. Mm-hmm. Got to live it up, man. Got to enjoy the the relationships you make, and I and I know you do. You know, you you that comes across in your footage and your you know appearances with these people at conventions. You know, just savor it every moment. I mean, it's crazy. I know. I mean, I you know don't want to get too dark and gloomy talking about that kind of stuff. But like you said, I mean, it's a very real reality and it's, it sucks, but that's why I was stoked when you told me that Tom Atkins was going to be a horror hound this year, because I want to see him. I mean, I know he's getting older and I want to meet him. Um, I love Tom Atkins. So yeah, I mean, just continue doing what you're doing with the passion that you have for it, man. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. I know you do that anyway, but you know, just, I, I know you cherish the memories and, all you can do man we're all gonna we're all gonna take a dirt nap eventually unfortunately so (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy though like 
you know, having done this as long as I've done it, watching these icons, idols pass. I mean, you know, just in the last 10 years, Sid Haig, uh, Angus Scrim, Gunnar Hansen, Richard Brooker, Steve Dash, you know, this Richard Lynch, you know, watching them all. It, it, it's just, um, it's a, it's a trip, man. It's like one day they're there and you're talking to them and having a good time. The next day they're, they're gone. And there's something about, there's something so unpersonal about death nowadays via the internet. You know, back in the day when you lost somebody, everybody called each other, everybody connected, everybody, let's get together and talk about it. Nowadays, it's literally somebody posts a selfie with the person and rest in peace. And then it's like they're forgotten. It's, it's, it's really, it lacks real feeling. It's almost like, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's as, like superficial autopilot mode and yes no there you go you nailed it that's exactly what it is and it feels almost like they just posted a selfie at the mall it it Mm -hmm. feels that insignificant you know what i mean you know and then the next day they're back to sharing memes and and joking with their friends and it's like it's almost like we've become desensitized to death and the weight and levity that it carries you know exactly so yeah i mean and 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 it's like you know, I, I, and not to feel like, I don't know. I, I always, you know, you, you think of yourself, especially as you get older, you know, you'll, you guys will find out eventually, you know, I'm 50. As you get older, you start to feel like you start to think about your death and mortality and you start to think, wow, will people miss me? Will anybody care? You know, and then you see, like, I see what Rob Hall's a perfect example. He passed away. There was like a day of people posting, oh, sucks, blah, 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 loved your work. And then it was like, that's it. It was done. It's like he's done. Everybody's moved on. And, and I mean, I feel like there needs to be something. I mean, you know, he was a human being. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he gave so much of his, of himself to us through all his work. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, it, it's, it feels like it's a shame. It's a real shame. It's a crime. I'm not, I'm not saying that when I die, people need to sit around and fucking cry and, and, and let's have a horse all grounds marathon, man. You know, um, but it. I hope somebody does, <laughs> you know, um, we will. <clears throat> um, we'll be live streaming. We'll be like 70 and Christian and I will do a live stream. Uh, on no, this is this. Damn, this Sean Clark bastard. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like it'll be like this. Oh, did you hear Sean Clark died today? Oh man, that sucks, man. So let's talk about Halloween '53. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> when are we gonna get to see that new Myers mask? <laughs> oh, no, it, it, well, one one thing that you said that I want to address really quick. Uh, you need a horror podcast, listeners, and to both of you guys. My mortality and death is my number one fear. And I, I may be almost 27, but I think about it every day. So believe me, I, I think about it too. A lot. Well, so you know, it's, it's crazy because it can happen in a blink of an eye. I mean, yeah. you could literally go to the store to get some milk and some asshole can fucking just take you out and you're done. And it just ends. Mm-hmm. And 
And it's just crazy. You just, you have to, you know, live in the moment, man. Enjoy it, you know, because the people you love can be gone like that. You could be gone like that. Make sure you tell people you love them and, you know, and, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been fortunate enough. I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of my, I haven't had a lot of death in my life, like relatives and stuff. I mean, I lost my grandparents on my dad's side, but my grandparents, believe it or not, on my mom's side are still alive. I just visited them in Florida, but as I left their house, you know, that morbid thought in the back of my head is like, is this it? Will that be the last time I see them? You know, my grandpa's 90, you know, mm. it's yeah, my grandparents are in their eighties and my grandma has dementia. And, you know, when we were there for her, her birthday in February in Florida, um, sometimes, you know, throughout the weekend when we were there, she would need to be reminded who certain people were. Mm. So it was, I mean, it was great. And especially with my son, mm. like, you know, since he's so young, she doesn't really have many memories of him, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you know, we're, we're getting deep on this podcast guys. We're yeah, really no. into yeah. it. Let's, let's end on a light note, Sean. I, we yeah, appreciate yeah. Yeah, you got to pep it up before we end this. <laughs> fucker, man. All right, man, let's, let's talk about what, what is Sean Clark excited for in the future? What, what are you excited to bring to the table on your YouTube channel? What are you excited to work on next? What's got you excited, man? Um, that you can talk about. Uh, well, I'm really having fun. Uh, I, I have fun doing the thing with two heads with Chris. I, I, I have a lot of fun doing that. Um, I have fun bitching about things that bother me. <laughs> Get off my lawns. You know, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a couple of good ones for the next episode I've been holding on to. Excellent. Um, stewing, stewing, uh, <laughs> And, uh, I enjoy that. I, I, I really enjoy, you know, it's funny. This is, this is a perfect example of a fan and like doing shit because you're a fan. So I went to fucking Georgia, as you know, and I did five episodes while I was in Georgia. I did. I mean, dude, I was literally getting up as the sun rose and filming till the sun dropped. And in Georgia right now, the sun goes down at like 8.30 p.m. So it was long-ass days. I was exhausted. I was killing myself. But I was trying to squeeze in five movies in, in three days of filming. I got it done. Um, but, <laughs> you know, one of the things I did, I know it's a movie neither of you have seen. I know you, you don't even know what the fuck it is, I'm sure. But there's a movie I used to love when I was a kid. came out in 1980. I was 10 years old when I saw it. It was called Little Darlings. And it stars Christy McNichol, Tatum O'Neill, and Matt Dillon. Now, the, own, the, the reason I know you probably don't know it is because there was some sort of rights issues with it. It's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. So unless you saw it in the theater back in the day or on cable or on VHS, you've probably never seen it. It's just a, it's a teen camp movie. It takes place at a camp, summer camp. Um, and, uh, during my research to do Friday 13th part six, which is one of the episodes I shot when I was there, I come to find out they use the same camp in Little Darlings. And I was like, holy shit. So I got super fucking stoked 
to do little darlings. And, and I know nobody's going to watch this episode because people are going to be like, I've never heard of that. Why are they going to watch a location episode on a movie they've n- never even heard of? Maybe I'll get a few Friday 13th people to watch it because I'm going to mention it in the Friday 13th one. It's the same camp. You want to see some more of the camp? Wow. Check that episode out. But anyway, that's an example of something I work super hard on. And I bet you that thing isn't going to get a thousand views, you know, you know, compared to some of my videos like Fast Times that's got like 45,000 views, you know. It's, it's just not, it, nobody's going to care, you know. But that's yeah, what being a fan about it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's the passion. It. Do it. And the Friday Thirteenth one, I'm pretty excited about. Even though it's been done to death, I mean that location's been done to death. I think I found four spots nobody's ever found. So mm-hmm. at least I'm given some new, some new uh, material. Excellent. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And Sean, so, obviously, I speak for the rest of us when I say we love the posters. So. When you drop a post oh. episode, everybody loses their mind because those yeah. portfolios, oh, the, first of all, are amazing. Oh. I said, this son of a gun has a folder for 27 by 40s. He's- <laughs> Let's look at the next those one. Are, those things are expensive, man. I mean, I, I, I look nice. Yeah. You know that I have issues with them. I mean, when I first bought them, I thought that they would stand up on their own. Like I could just lean them against the wall. Mm-hmm. but they buckle. They're not, they're flimsy, you know? Yeah. So you have to stack them. Uh, and uh, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Cause then if you need to get a poster out of a folder, that's in the bottom, you're pulling and they're heavy, dude. You know, you mm-hmm. think of how many posters you have in one that you have 60 posters in one, you're like, oh, you know? Um, so, yeah, there's uh yeah, I, I, what letter, I don't know what letter I left off, but I think I have, I have a few more portfolios to go to get through all of them. Um, I haven't even got into like the smaller posters, you know, like the, I have the 36 by 24 portfolios too, where you get more into the Mondos and stuff, which I don't have a huge Mondo type collection. I have, I have a decent one, but I'm not a crazy Mondo person. Um, but I'll get into those eventually. That's going to, it's, that's probably not going to happen for a while. Cause I've got so much. I was just going to say, those are killer. Those Those videos, like Christian said, I love those, you know, all the stuff. Yeah. Christian and I, that's one of the things we talked about when we talk about bringing you on. He's like, dude, he fucking brings out these, these like folders, all these posters and he's flipping through them. And I'm like, (laughs) we both agree like that. I, I love it. I love it. So everybody listening, if you haven't subbed to Sean, go sub to Sean right now because he's got some like stuff that's going to make you depressed at your collection. <laughs> you think I should, should I do videos? Like I've got, I'll just pull out like, here's one. I have folders. This is G eight G through H. I have folders of autograph photos and stuff and like weird stills. And yeah, right. You know, right. There's, there's Godzilla. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if people would be interested in this kind of crap. Oh, oh yeah. here's something for you. I'll give you. This is these. These were given to me by Jamie Lee Curtis. She's, oh, wow. She said these were the only things she had other than the clapboard were these four stills. They're original oh. stills she gave to me. Hang on, oh, Sean, yeah. one second. Let me make you uh, full screen and you can put that on. 
Uh, let me get this out of the way. Show those Halloween ones again. I'll get in trouble if I don't have you show them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at that. That one, and then she gave me these. these she, she gave those to me. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Look at that. So, that's Make sure you include those in your will. <laughs> you know, she gave me a... This was an interesting gift she gave me. Oh, oh boy, here we go. Let me make Shawnee full screen again. Anything Halloween, I, I got to show it properly. Hey, Christian, oh, okay. I'm at I'm at 10% battery life. So um, after Sean shows this, do you guys want to wrap? Yeah, we'll wrap. Okay. We'll wrap. All right, cool. I don't, my guess is somebody gave this to her and then she just re-gifted it to me. But when I was at her house, she said, oh, I, I want you to have this. And it's horrifyingly oh. mad book. Oh mad man. Magazine, huh? It's like a book. Yeah, and then and then she signed it to me for Sean, my hero. Oh, what a, what a sweet woman, y'all. Y'all y'all show yeah. that lady some love. Give her some respect. Put some respect on her name. Jamie Lee Curtis. I got another one for you. Oh, um, I don't I, I'm not going to show this one off. I'll just tell you about it. Okay. Um cuz I don't I have to pull some shit out. Um so when I, I told her what a big Spinal Tap fan I was, and when I was at her house, she showed me, uh, she goes, oh, here, I got something to show you. She pulled out, it was the original napkin that Christopher Guest was writing the, the, the band names on. It wasn't, it wasn't you thought it was going to be the, uh, tomb, the Stonehenge, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a napkin that when they were thinking of band names, they were writing down different names and... He had, they had it framed in this like piece of glass, right? <clears throat> and, uh, and I'm like holding it. I'm like, my God, I'm holding like a piece of history here, you know? And it was pretty cool. But anyway, I was telling her what a big fan I was of Spinal Tap. And about a month later, I get a package in the mail from Jamie. And, uh, inside it was an autographed Spinal Tap DVD, CD, Guitar picks and a signed backstage pass, all signed by Nigel Tufnell, aka wow. Christopher Guest. I just, just you know, just to be cool, she did that. I was like, that's awesome. That is you awesome. Know? That is awesome. Yeah. All right. So, well, that was great, well, that Sean. Was great. We're gonna end it here, <laughs> guys. I want to thank you for listening to this. And I want to thank Sean for being here. Man, it, it means a lot. I, I think the YouTube Bro. thing that you've done has been amazing because it's shown not only me, but a lot of people aside of you that we haven't really gotten to see to that level. Cause when you do your, your, your horrors, hollow grounds and stuff, of course you're being you, but you're behind this production. You're doing this and that hearing your quirky <laughs> stuff, the way you just interact. I think it's been really cool. And I think you've even developed a bigger fan base from YouTube. Channel, <laughs> so please keep that up. I think that's awesome, man. Like, seriously. Is. I think the YouTube channel has been really cool. <laughs> That thing with two heads. Mal great, great Malfunction show. is the uh, is the channel. Malfunction. Right, let me ask you guys. This is a good. This is a good. This is a good time to to pull this out there. So, I feel like my channel could be growing faster if I had a better name for the channel. Do you think I should change it from Malfunction to something maybe a little more memorable? Cause that was just something I used cause that's my handle online and shit like that. But as a brand, as a channel, I think it's hard for people to find it cause it's hard to spell, you know, cause I, a lot of people think Sean is S H A W N or S H A U N when it, 
mine's S-E-A-N. I don't I'd welcome know. that. I'd welcome that. Yeah. I mean, keep your handles on your other social media malfunction on. But yeah, if you, I mean, I personally don't care, but you know, something that's more easily accessible to a casual audience. Yeah, for sure. If you yeah. can think of something that works well with the content you do. Yeah. Because I look showing, at some of these. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think your name does carry a certain weight to it. If you it just does. called your channel, Sean Clark, I really yeah. think that's enough. I I just, I appreciate that, but I I don't know. I just, I see other people that do similar content to mine and I see them growing quicker and no offense to some of those people. I don't think it's as good as the stuff I do. And I think Mm -hmm. to myself, is it because they got a better name that's catchier and easier to remember, you know, cause I think there's something to be said for that. You know, it's catchy. It's like, it's memorable malfunction dude it's it's that's not the greatest name <laughs> but, it's, but, it, but it's you it's you and that's, if you're, if you're listening to this drop a comment and give sean a recommendation yeah, for yeah so what do you sean Somebody come back in a few days it, in the comments yeah call it douchebag <laughs> call it poser yeah call oh, it man. tony was right <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to end this sean oh, yeah. thank you so much man for giving us your time it means a lot we can't wait to see what you got coming up in the future and we'll be watching so thank you so much this has been a production of the you need a horror podcast you need it we got it thank you for listening